Well, persecution on the basis of religion is something Prince Charles has been trying to draw attention to. He, of course, is the future head of the Church of England, and he says there is and must always be hope. That's a message that certainly gets lost among the ongoing news of suffering and despair, and on that basis, Prince Charles is this week's Voice in the Wilderness. Voice in the Wilderness. The horrendous and heartbreaking events in Iraq and Syria have brought the subject of religious freedom and persecution to the forefront of the world's news. We have learnt with mounting despair of the expulsion of Christians, Muslims and Yazidis from towns and cities that their ancestors have occupied for centuries. Sadly, incidents of violence in Iraq and Syria are not isolated. They are found throughout some, though not all, of the Middle East, in some African nations and in many countries across Asia. It is a, an indescribable tragedy that Christianity is now under such threat in the Middle East, an area where Christians have lived for 2,000 years and across which Islam spread in 700 AD, with people of different faiths living together peaceably for centuries. Yet it is important that we do not lose hope. And this is why I was encouraged to see the story of Maryam Ibrahim, imprisoned in Sudan, pregnant and facing a death sentence for reportedly converting to Christianity. Maryam remained true to her beliefs. It is cases such as that of Maryam, who was eventually released, that remind us of St Paul's words, so relevant to all of those enduring persecution for their faith that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Prince Charles. Well, Father Chris, is he right? Hope does not disappoint? I think um, Prince Charles is, is very sincere in what he's saying about uh, sympathy and empathy. I suspect, though, that there's a bit of a lack of nuance, which you've kind of got to expect from from a member of the royal family with diplomatic obligations. We need to recognise that the strife and persecution and discord in the Middle East can be traced back to its colonial history. There were periods in the past where people lived together in a great deal of harmony, but since the borders were drawn around colonial boundaries, uh, that has seen an increased uh, amount of sectarian violence in what we call the Middle East or the Arabian Peninsula and so on. That said, it is appalling when we hear about persecutions based on religion. Bearing in mind that ISIS persecutes Muslims that they don't agree with the most ferociously. And then, of course, alongside that, uh, Christians, particularly, say, in Iraq and Syria and now in Egypt, particularly the Copts and Baha'is, we've heard, are, are other groups that are, that are suffering significantly. And you purposefully speak of the Copts in Egypt in your sermons. Yeah, uh, recently I, I, I did do that. The Copts are an extraordinary community. And again, it, it's a case of, of a group being singled out for mistreatment, for political ends. And when the uh, Islamic State bombs two Coptic churches that kills more than 45 people, 
the government will say it's an attack on Egypt. They give no support to the idea that it's an attack on Christian Copts when it self-evidently is. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no question that it is a very clear process of marginalisation and victimisation of that group. Do you see this, uh, Venus, that the abuse and persecution of some religions in some places is given more or less weight than other religions in other places? Yeah, I mean, the news media can be quite selective in the way that it covers certain stories compared to others. And People often say to me, um, oh, you won't see Christians going around persecuting people like Muslims do. And I'm like, what world do you live in and what books have you read? I mean, Central African Republic is a key situation right now where Christian, so-called Christian militias willfully murdering um, uh, Muslim uh, groups and you won't get Buddhists oh, yeah. massacring and murdering. <laughs> no, yeah, because Burma, it doesn't exist. We've just taken it off the map and out of geopolitics, evidently. But it's interesting, though. According to a UN report, the, the Buddhist leadership engaging in the killing of babies, the elderly, opening fire on people fleeing, burning of villages, massive detentions, systematic rape. Yet the Arab dictatorships, the co-religionists of the Rohingya, are largely silent. It takes the Catholic Pope Francis to voice the loudest condemnation. It does colour the geopolitics that's involved and the integration of religion and politics throughout the world, but I think particularly in the Arab nations. They're kind of towing a line and also they're recognising the international scrutiny that they're under, where if they start to criticise what's going on in Burma, then people might start to criticise what's going on in Saudi Arabia. We were speaking of the Copt community. Well, Australia has one of the largest Copt communities outside Egypt, including the internationally acclaimed Oud virtuoso, Joseph Tawadros. So let's have a change of pace. He takes his ancient Middle Eastern instrument and plays classical music, jazz and much more. Joseph Tawadros. He's based in London. He tours the world. He's an Aussie. He's a Coptic Christian. And the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra just played the world premiere of the Oud Concerto he composed. Mark your iPod calendar, because in July he'll be on God Forbid. His personality is colourful as his music. Incidentally, the musician Tawadros shares the name of the head of the Coptic Church, Pope Tawadros. And when uh, the Pope took the title a few years back, Joseph's record sales went through the roof. It's RN, God Forbid. 